We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my wonderful friend. I'm so happy you are on this human adventure with me. I just want to acknowledge you and say that I appreciate you for saying yes and for being part of this show today here on Empower Radio. So have you ever felt that perhaps Earth was not your home? Have you ever longed for a sense of peace and happiness and comfort that has somehow eluded you? I know this was certainly the case for me years ago. And then a friend asked me, Tammy, what do you think it would be like on a planet that felt like home? Well, that was an interesting question to consider. My planet would be kind and gentle. The inhabitants would be compassionate, and there would be a lot more sparkle and purple. Then my wise friend said, well, maybe that is your job, to bring more of that world to uh, this planet. And I felt like I was given my job description. And I took it pretty seriously. And I have to say, now that I've done this, I feel so much more comfortable, happy, and at home here on planet Earth. And now when I find other kind, sensitive, generous, and heart-based humans of like mind, I celebrate. And I suspect you're one of them, or you would not be spending time with me here on Journey to Center. And I'm so happy and so honored to be sharing with you another sparkly, magical being who actually used to be a corporate attorney and is now an author, teacher, light worker, and modern day luminary. I've had him on this show several times before, and I adore him. I'm so happy to have him back. We're here with Garnet Schulhauser. Garnet is a retired lawyer who lives near Victoria on Vancouver Island with his wife, Kathy. After practicing corporate law for over 30 years in Calgary with two blue chip law firms, he retired in 2008 and shortly thereafter came out of the spiritual closet. And in 2012, his first book, Dancing on a Stamp, was published. Since the release of this book, Garnet has been active with book signing tours and speaking engagements and have, has been interviewed on over 120 radio talk shows worldwide. He's also written three other books, including Dancing Forever with Spirit, Dance of Heavenly Bliss, and his new book that we're going to be talking about today, Dance of Eternal Rapture, Ageless Wisdom from the Spirit Realm. So, Garnet, thanks for being back here on Empower Radio with me. So, Thank you for having me back, Tammy, and delighted to be here again. You're always a wonderful show to be on. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. It is such a celebration to connect with you and share you with others. And I've had you on the show, I think, three other times. So I'm happy to have you this week and next week. And for the people that haven't listened to our prior shows, I just want to like touch on this uh, briefly before we go into some of the amazing information in this book. You went from corporate attorney to spiritual student seeker and now teacher. This is quite a departure from your prior life and career. Would you like to share a bit about your backstory and how this all came about? Well, like you said in the introduction, I practiced corporate law for like over 34 years, um, and uh, it, it all my, the big transformation in my life came in 2007, a year before I retired, when I was walking down the street one day, and I and I uh, all of a sudden a homeless man jumped out in front of me, and, and he uh, looked like a typical homeless man, except that he had these dazzling, sparkling blue eyes that shone like two little blue stars, and his gaze was sort of looking deep within me, right down to the depths of my soul. And I felt like he knew everything about me. 
even though I'd never ever met this man before. But at the same time, his gaze was sending me this wave of pure unconditional love that was infusing my whole body with an amazing sense of peace and security and well-being. And I was just standing there like a deer caught in the headlights, basking in the glow from this man's gaze. And then all of a sudden, he broke the spell by saying to me, why are you here? And he, then he immediately disappeared into a nearby store. And when I finally collected my wits, I decided I should go into the store to try to find him. I needed to find out who he was and why he had stopped me. And so I went in to the store, walked up and down the aisles. He was nowhere to be seen. I went back out in the street and walked up and down uh, the street for several blocks, hoping to spot him. But he had disappeared into thin air. So I was, he, he had really aroused my curiosity. So that night I resolved I was going to go back to that street the next day to see if I can find him. And so I did. Same time, same street. I walked up and down the street for 15, 20 minutes hoping to find him. And when I was about to give up hope, I spotted him sitting all alone on a bench. And so I went up to him and I said, who are you and why did you stop me the other day? He said, oh, I'm a soul just like you. I'm here to help you on your journey and answer your questions. And that was the beginning of a dialogue that I had with this man that went off and on for the next few months. I found out he was really one of my spirit guides in disguise and that he had manifested himself as this homeless man to get my attention. I was the only one who could see him in physical form. I could actually see him and touch him. I did touch him on the shoulder. He was real flesh and bones, but no one else could see him. Um, and uh, he, uh, he told me that um, he had appeared that way to me as a way of, of getting my attention and introducing me into the, into the conversation. Uh, because after the first three times that I saw him in physical form, he no longer appeared in that way. And we just communicated by telepathy and uh, he was just a voice in my head. And he said, had he just sort of out of the blue started talking to me as a voice in my head without appearing first as a homeless man, I likely would have thought I was losing my mind. So, and he was right. It was a good way to get my attention. So um, he, he answered all my questions, Tammy, all the big questions of, of eternal questions of life that everyone has, like, who am I? Why am I here? What's my life's purpose? What happens to me when I die? He answered those uh, with, with great wisdom and clarity and a number of other questions that popped into my mind as we discussed these. Um, and then early on, he said to me, by the way, I'm not just here to satisfy your curiosity. I want you to write a book about my revelations so that everyone in the world will have access to them, which took me aback a bit because I'd never even dreamed of writing a book. But he, uh, he, he gently prevailed uh, with this <laughs> idea. Uh, and he's very persuasive, I, I have to say. And um, so finally, I wrote the manuscript for my first book, Dancing on a Stamp. And then even then, I was hesitant about publishing it because um, in my previous life as a corporate attorney, um, of course, this is very different from how those people knew me, my, my <laughs> law partners, my clients. I was a very straight-laced, button-down corporate lawyer. And all of a sudden, here I've written a book about talking to my spirit guide which most people I knew would, they would find it quite strange. And so I, I, I thought, well, I'm, I'm probably going to lose some people, some of my old, my old friends and colleagues by publishing this book, but I'll probably gain some new friends. And so I did. And I've never looked back because I, in fact, I did lose some of my, my previous acquaintances in, in terms of them shunning me and not really talking to me. They probably think I've gone senile. Um, <laughs> Which uh, sometimes, I about I wonder, that. <laughs> sometimes I wonder about that myself, Tammy. Um, <laughs> But I, I found a lot of new, enlightened, spiritual people uh, because of the books that, that I've written. And so it's been a very much of a, a, a big gain for me uh, overall. So I don't, don't regret it at all. 
I'm glad to and hear it, that. Yes. And, and I, I do have a question about that. Do you feel, Garnet, that you are more happy? Are you more fulfilled? Are you more at peace now that you've shifted, shifted into this new, I would call it new frequency? Absolutely. Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm very much, uh, very much happier. Um, I feel more fulfilled. I feel more love for other people, uh, you know, other people, animals, every, you know, Mother Nature, you know, Gaia herself, I, I just feel more, uh, uh, much more full of love for everyone. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel more enlightened. I feel more confident in the sense that because my answers, my questions are answered by Albert and I know where I came from and where I'm going. I don't, uh, I don't fear death. I don't uh, fear what's going to happen to me. I know that we're all here to, to learn lessons and experience challenges that we plan for ourselves. And so this is all just sort of one big grand adventure. And so with that outlook, uh, I'm just much more happier. And, you know, when I was practicing law, I was a very uh, stressed out type A personality. Um, mm -hmm. And um, and it, it just wasn't a, it wasn't a happy sort of a, a place to be uh, as compared to where I am now. So it's been just a, a very major positive change for me. Yeah, and, and I can absolutely relate. I think when we are dealing with planet Earth on its terms, this place can be very um, confusing. It can be really um, painful and uncomfortable. But as we ascend in our consciousness, which I would say is exactly what you've done, and which is my intention, we see things from a higher um, place, a higher perspective, like going higher in a high-rise building. And as we look out at the terrain or planet Earth, See, things seem to be um, more clear. Things just seem to make more sense. And with that comes that sense of happiness and peace. Yeah, no, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I know that you're on sort of on the you're on the same journey that I have been on and I'm still on. And I just hope that more and more people could sort of get on the same journey. If if that happens, you know, a lot of the, the, the bad things that happen on our planet, all the conflicts and wars and terrorism and so on. They would just gradually disappear if more people got on that spiritual uh, path that, that you and I are on. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and you bring up something that I've struggled with inside of myself. And I'm just wondering what your perspective about this is. You know, I really want to bring more peace, more love, more joy to the planet. But I feel like if I start thinking I need to help everybody, I start getting stressed out because I can only take personal responsibility for my piece of the puzzle. Although it does seem as I do that, other people are inspired in, a, in a, a gentle way. And you talk back and forth about the importance about speaking up and sharing our truth, but also just relaxing and enjoying the journey, lightening up. You say there's no right or wrong path and all roads lead onward and upward and we can never become lost. So what is that balancing act between being very discouraged by what we see on planet Earth, but also just taking responsibility for our personal reality? Well, I think we have to start with our own personal reality because I think that the, to the extent that we can become more enlightened ourselves and raise our vibrations, we will help others just by being in that sort of state. And, and then uh, what you and I also have a special mission is that we're channeling messages from from the spirit world. And, and, and we're channeling them in, in your case, you, you know, through books and uh, hosting radio shows uh, and, and in my case, speaking and writing books. Um, we're, we're channeling those messages to try to get 
more and more people aware of where they should be heading and, and what they should try to discard, which is all the negative emotions that plague our planet. And so we have to sort of, you know, raise our, our vibrations personally ourselves and then by, and then next turn to other people and try to spread our message through our various mediums uh, so that other people listening, the people who listen to your show or read my books, um, they can sort of, you know, the light can go on and they can say, okay, this is where I need to go. And it, and it doesn't happen all at once. You can't change the world overnight, Tammy, as you know. Mm-hmm. You have to sort of do it one step at a time, one person at a time, mm-hmm. one show at a time, and 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 that's all you can really do. And you can't take responsibility for what's happening in the world. It, it's not your responsibility or mine. We're here just to spread the message from spirit, and uh, hopefully there'll be enough people out there listening to what we're saying and 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 changing their ways. Yeah, I really, really did want to save the world, I have to admit, but it was kind of a burden. <laughs> I don't think I was really making that big of a difference, but once I decided to just take responsibility for my reality, it seems like things are um, softer and more gentle, and, and I hope I'm making a difference. I don't know for sure, but I'm having a pretty great time connecting with people like you and just um, starting to enjoy and celebrate this human experience. So it's kind of been a balancing act for me. Well, I think you're doing a very good job of it. And I think that, uh, you know, really you have the right attitude. You just have to sort of put your message out there, uh, uh, bring people on your show that can help your your listeners uh, find a path to enlightenment. And, you know, you just put it out there and you can't really stress about whether they're they're absorbing it or not. All you can do is broadcast it and, and you're doing your part. And then <laughs> and, and then uh, and then take the right attitude, which is we're on an adventure. Life is an adventure. You can't go wrong and become lost. You're always going to end up back on the spirit side from whence you came. And and so and and it doesn't matter how many wrong turns or mistakes you make. It, it in the end result, it doesn't really matter. It's just all part of a learning experience. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I really have to say, your new book, um, it's right here in front of me, Dance of Eternal Rapture: Ageless Wisdom from the Spirit Realm. I just related to so much of what you wrote about. So just for my listeners um, to uh, give you a little bit of uh, uh, wisdom about what's in here, you have conversations with Elvis, Robin Williams, Muhammad. You talk to Mary Magdalene. You talk to Buddha. You talk to a terrorist. You speak with a child and parents. Um, The child had been abducted. You speak with the child. You speak with the parents. You talk to a mermaid, Archangel Michael. Jesus and even God, even source. So this is it. You have some pretty bold conversations. And I mean, I can't say I disagree with anything that you experienced with any of these conversations. It was it was absolutely fascinating and a lot of different ways to look at some of the spiritual truths. So my question, Garnet, is did any of these interactions or conversations really surprise you? Were they were there any that were particularly revelatory for you? Yeah, I'd have to say uh, the, the conversation I had with Muhammad was certainly um, and this was all arranged by my spirit guide, Albert. And uh, Muhammad came across as a very wise, compassionate, loving soul um, who uh, who was really concerned about what was happening with the religion he started on earth. And I asked him about that, like, you know, how did he, how did he like the, the way that Islam had played out? He'd started the religion and uh, what does he think of it now? And he said, well, it's done a lot of good for sure. Uh, and he was happy about that, but he was really unhappy about two aspects of what was, what was happening with Islam on, on earth right now. The first one was, he said um, that he never ever preached or taught or believed that women should be second rate citizens, that they should be subjugated 
he was really unhappy with how uh, some people were using Islam, using that religion as an excuse to subjugate and even abuse women and, you know, making them wear, uh, you know, uh, headdresses, veils, body coverings, um, you know, that they can't, some countries they can't go out in public without a, their husband or a male relative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot, in a lot of places, the girls can't go to school and get an education or get a job. He said, that's total nonsense. He said, that is not what I taught, not what I believed. And he's really distressed about how um, some men have managed to use Islam as an excuse to do all those horrible things to women. And he just said he wishes that they that he that somehow he could change that. But he thought that that was where they really went off track. So that was one case, one revelation, which, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know much about Islam, but I know some of the things that go on in Islamic countries. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about Muhammad, but I was really impressed by him uh, coming out to say, this is where I think they've gone off track. The other way that they've really gone off track is where people have used Islam or, or uh, religious ideas uh, as a justification for violence, for, for wars, for terrorist acts, you know, uh, for uh, striking down uh, people who worship a different God, like Christians or Jews or whoever else that uh, doesn't belong to Islam. He just said again, he never preached violence. He never said that if somebody was not a member of Islam, that they should be looked down upon, feared, distrusted, or even uh, inflicted with violence. He, he said that was never part of his teachings. And he feels really, uh, he was actually, to the extent you can be embarrassed when you're on the spirit side, he, he <laughs> felt that way was that he wished that that, that aspect would never have, uh, have never have blossomed. And of course, he's not, not, not everyone who's, uh, um, uh, who's a member of uh, of uh, the Muslim religion acts in that way, but there are some people who have distorted uh, some of the views of of, uh, of Islam uh, to justify their horrible acts. And he said that's mm-hmm. just wrong. So mm-hmm. that was that was really quite uh, quite a revelation for me. Yes, and and one of the um, chapters that I found quite revelatory, and that I think some people might struggle with, but it can bring you great peace if I think you can get to this place, was um, the chapter about the perspective from the terrorist. Yes, yeah, and that's yeah. That was a a, a member of a high-ranking member of ISIL that had mm-hmm. perished, and I met with him on the spirit side, and he had, um, you know, he had he had been born in uh, Syria and had sort of uh, risen up through the ranks in the, in the middle of the civil war. Had joined a couple of different groups, ended up with what is now ISIL or the Islamic State, I guess is what they call themselves now, um, which apparently has now been defeated. But but you know, uh, back then when I met with him, they were still very much alive and well. And he said, you know, um, th- this group was masquerading as as uh, as jihadists, that they were fighting a religious war, uh, and that was their goal. And he said that was just all a charade. That was a it was window dressing. He said that, that for the most part, those guys, they could care less about uh, Islam. They professed to be practicing members out in public, but behind the scenes, I mean, they, uh, you know, they uh, raped women and, and drank and did all kinds of uh, heinous things to other people um, w- w- with impunity because they basically made their own rules and their own laws. And he said that it was all a joke that they were actually uh, fighting in the name of Allah. Again, it was just an excuse to inflict violence and war and subjugate other people. People, you know, and they were law unto themselves. They could rape anyone they wanted to. They could execute anyone they wanted to. Uh, they could pretty much do what they wanted to, and they did. Um, and it was all uh, behind this this facade of being religious jihadists. And so it was that was really quite enlightening as well. And and he he said, you know, it, that 
in, in case anybody has any doubts, he says that the, that was uh, how he, he dealt with things when he was living there and a member of ISIL. And he said that for the most part, all the uh, other leadership uh, members were thought the same. And, it was, and, and, and he said, you know, make no mistake about it. All we wanted to have was money, power, and, and we wanted to, uh, you know, abuse whoever we wanted to when we wanted to. Yeah, and, kind and of so like was- um, the desire for a decadent gluttonous, um, over-the-top human experience without any thought of others. Exactly. And, and you go into something that I've really uh, worked with personally and made um, – I've come to a place of peace with this as well. This this man doesn't burn in hell for eternity like some might think. He, he um, has his past life review and has some perspective, and then what happens? Well, he has his past life review, and he and in that review, of course, he could see all the things that he had done wrong and that he had been abusive and how horrible he had been. But he used that as like everyone when you have a life review, it's not meant to embarrass you or to uh, get make you remorseful. It's it's a learning tool so that when you're looking at what you did, you can you can consider you know where the things could have been done differently, what you could have done differently to make uh, your life and other people's lives better. And that's a learning tool. It's it's it sort of then it takes you to your next stage where you're planning your next incarnation and you're going to try to go back and make amends for the things that you did wrong so that's the way he looked at it he was like okay yeah i was a real bad guy but uh, you know as i've said before and in my books hell doesn't exist i mean everyone goes back to the spirit side where we came from when we die no matter what we did on earth no matter how horrible our lives were or how brutal and and murderous we were we go back there um, and then we, we try to plan our lives to try to come back Make amends and uh, and and learn some more lessons that uh, that we should have learned and did not in the previous life. And so it, it's a, you know, he was he was he was remorseful, but uh, not in a, in a very negative way. I mean, he didn't dwell on him. He wasn't depressed or anything. You can't be on the spirit side. Everything's just happiness and unconditional love. But he was quite anxious to jump back into the fray and do something good in his next life. Yeah, start moving up that evolutionary scale. I think personally, from fear and disconnection to love connection and compassion. I think we're all on this journey uh, to learn, evolve, and grow as spiritual beings. And we use this human experience for that purpose, even though we don't remember it, which makes it a little challenging while we're on this side of the veil. Exactly. And that, that's why it is so challenging to be a, have a human experience on Earth is because we do not remember our previous lives. We don't remember where we came from and we don't remember what challenges and lessons we have planned for ourselves in this life. And so that's that's the really the, the, the big challenge is, is trying to uh, uh, you know find our way through and uh, make our way through on, on this journey without all that knowledge. And yeah. I've often asked Albert, how come we can't remember where we came mm-hmm. from, remember all these things? And he said that would make it too easy. <laughs> ah, that's a great question, and that's a great answer. Yeah, it'd be like this is not an open book test. <laughs> exactly, he we said. We're sent to the classroom. We don't have our notes. We just have to come back and 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 try to do our very best. And and I think that is why it's such a tough school. And I think it's why we need to really cultivate that sense of compassion for ourselves as human beings. And, and Albert has often said to me, he said, humans should pat themselves on the back for being so <laughs> courageous to come to this difficult school. I say that, too. I think I posted that on Facebook yesterday, that we even said yes to this, even though we don't remember. We deserve our own respect and compassion. So true. So true. Well, I found great solace, and um, you expanded my awareness uh, even more. 
with all of your books. So Garnet, we just have a few moments left here and I'd love it if you can do a shout out and let people know where they can get a copy of your books, how they can connect with you and experience more of your just magic and sparkle and wisdom and wonderful hearts. The best source of information about me and my books is on my website, which is garnetschulhalzer.com. That's hard to remember, but if you Google any of my book titles like Dancing on a Stamp, or you'll, you'll get to my website. There you can find information about all of my books. You can read free excerpts. You can watch book videos. And you can dial into uh, all of my social media sites like Facebook and LinkedIn and YouTube. Um, there's links to my YouTube page on which I have posted the recording of every one of my previous radio shows. And this is radio show number 133 for me. <laughs> And, and so uh, I, I've been on a lot of radio shows and all the recordings are there. And so you can just uh, your listeners can just scroll through there and listen to the ones they want to. Um, there's also convenient buy links on my website where you can just click on them and you get to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and all the other online sites right to the place where you can buy my books. And uh, my email address is on my website, uh, Tammy, and I'd love to hear questions or comments from your listeners. Well, I just appreciate you so much, the courage to say yes to writing these books and being so bold. I mean, you put some amazing things out there and it really is thought provoking and heart expanding. And I'm just, you've come a long ways in this lifetime. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, and I, and I hope that I can continue the journey. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to finish yet. I, and I'm very comfortable with uh, whatever happens, happens, because I know where I'm going to end up. Uh, the same place that you will and everyone else will end up. And so I'm trying to do as much as I can while I'm still here. Well, your life force is high and your heart is huge. And I just think, yeah, you've got a lot of shining to do on this side of the veil for a while, as, as I think I do before we, we go back home. And to my listeners, I just want to thank you for being part of the adventure in this conversation and hanging out with Garnet and me. I'd love to be in touch with you on Facebook. Um, you can go to my website, Tammy B. PhD, and ask questions. You can download my free ebook and guided meditation. And I get to have Garnet on a show again next week. So I'm super excited to continue our conversation, Garnet. I know there's more we're going to delve into and um, more awesome adventures to have. So thank you for saying yes to that. And thank, thank you to you. my listeners. Yes. We are so grateful that you're part of the Energy of Empower Radio. Be in touch. God bless you. You're in our heart and prayers. Onward and upward. Bye thank for you. now. Thank you. Thank you.